produced at the studios of KBOO Radio in Portland, Oregon. This is Free Culture Radio. I'm your host, Doug McVeigh. The United Nations Commission on Narcotic Drugs will hold a high-level midterm review in March 2024 to take stock of progress made and challenges remaining for the international drug control regime. In preparation for this, the International Drug Policy Consortium held an event October 12th to shine a light on some key UN developments and their implications for the ongoing push for drug policies that advance social justice and human rights. We're going to hear from a couple of the presenters. First, here's Marie Niger, Head of Research and Communications with the International Drug Policy Consortium. Um, in 2024, the international community is going to meet up in Vienna to discuss the direction of the drug control system for the next five years um, at the occasion of the midterm review. And this event is actually taking place in a context where the prohibitionist drug control regime is under unprecedented pressure. And there are various reasons for this, which I wanted to explain a bit today, and that uh, Dr. Sayan uh, uh, has already mentioned uh, in his presentation. So the first point of pressure and the reason why this midterm review is particularly important for us is that there is a growing body of evidence that punitive drug control is simply not working, it's counterproductive, and it's incredibly harmful. So in order to contribute to the debate, IDPC is currently working on a shadow report for the 2024 midterm review, in which we are planning on evaluating all the goals and challenges that were identified in the 2019 ministerial declaration and assess whether they have been met or not. And the shadow report will be published in December this year. Breaking news, obviously, the research shows that no progress or very little progress has been made over the past four years. The death toll associated with drug use is estimated in the hundreds of thousands of people every year, while people who use drugs continue to be particularly affected by bloodborne diseases, including HIV and hepatitis B and C. This is mainly caused by the ongoing lack of access to harm reduction and evidence-based treatment services, but also by the continued criminalization, stigmatization and marginalization of people who use drugs. At the same time, 82% of the world population lives in countries with little to no access to morphine for pain relief and palliative care, and this is mostly in the global south. In areas of cultivation, production and transit, aggressive drug law enforcement and militarized drug control campaigns have led to increased levels of violence and severe human rights violations including the ongoing use of the death penalty, extrajudicial killings, disappearances, arbitrary arrests and detention, and mass incarceration. Another really problematic issue that we've been documenting, in particular in the framework of our shadow report, is the fact that civil society space is shrinking in many parts of the world. Considering the lack of willingness from many governments to document the human rights abuses that are associated with drug control, the role of civil society is absolutely essential to hold them accountable. But NGOs and community-based organizations continue to be attacked by policies that aim to restrict, for example, social gatherings, the sharing of life-saving harm reduction information and paraphernalia, access to funding, or even that seek to stigmatize and marginalize and uh, undermine the work of those working on drugs and human rights related issues. The second point of pressure on the UN drug control system that I wanted to mention today is coming from other parts of the UN. 
So other, um, over the past few years, UN human rights bodies have paid increasing attention to the human rights impacts of punitive drug control within their work and also in their increased involvement in drug control debates in Vienna. So the OHCHR report that Zaved is going to present today constitutes a culmination of this work. But despite all of this, the UN agencies responsible for drugs continue to be reluctant to recognize and to address the widespread human rights abuses committed in the name of drug control within their work. Today, Roberto is going to present uh, Bolivia's call for a review of the coca leaf with the aim of eventually removing it from the drug control treaties. And this is really important because this process aims to better align drug policy with the protection of human rights in particular here, the rights of indigenous peoples. And it's also an attempt to decolonize international drug policy. The third point of pressure is coming from increasing calls for and moves towards reforms around the world. So while drug policies in many countries continue to rely on punishment, on incarceration and on eradication, others have adopted much less punitive approaches that are much more aligned with human rights. So, for example, today, 67 jurisdictions in 41 countries have adopted some form of decriminalization of drug use and possession for personal use. Another example is the increasing number of countries that are reviewing drug laws and policies that allow or facilitate access to medicinal cannabis. And moving beyond the scope of what is allowed in the UN Drug Control Treaties, more and more jurisdictions have opted for legally regulated markets for the recreational use of cannabis. And this is a trend that's not limited to a single continent. It's happening all over the world in countries as diverse as Canada, Luxembourg, Malta, Jamaica, Uruguay, Thailand, and over 20 US states. So today, if you look at the numbers, more than 261 million people are living in jurisdictions with some form of legal regulation of internationally controlled substances. And despite this, there is no meaningful debate taking place currently in Vienna on what this means for the international drug control regime and whether and how the drug control treaties should be modernized to reflect this new reality. The fourth and final point of pressure faced by Vienna relates to the incredibly tense diplomatic environment that's permeating all parts of the UN system today. Russia's invasion of Ukraine in early 2022 has intensified the already existing tensions that already were uh, noticeable among member states and their willingness to find common ground on drug policy. So it's important here to remember that on drug policy matters, all the resolutions have traditionally been adopted by consensus. But this consensus is increasingly untenable at the Commission on Narcotic Drugs, or CND. The consensus means that basically progressive countries have to find a compromise with some much more repressive countries that have a fundamentally different approach to drugs. And as a result, critical issues related to human rights, to harm reduction and to reforms, including decriminalization, just cannot be adequately reflected or addressed at the CND because of this illusion that we at least need to reach compromise at all costs. So we've seen this at this year's CND in particular, and if you'd like a full readout, you can read our amazing report on the CND that reviews everything that happened there, and we can put the link to, the, to this report in the chat. 
But basically, in a nutshell, the negotiations at the CND have become much more pro protracted than ever before. And the compromise is much more difficult to achieve, even in the most benign language or thematic area, let alone trying to push for progressive human rights language. And it's interesting to see that less and less resolutions are actually being proposed at the CND. And this might just be an indication of diplomatic fatigue that is uh, plaguing Vienna right now. What's interesting here is that other parts of the UN system have actually broken the long-standing gentlemen's agreements that we need to achieve consensus on drug policy. So um, Diego Garcia Sayan has mentioned the General Assembly resolution, the omnibus resolution that is negotiated every year um, in New York. And for the first time in 2022, it was adopted with a vote. And the vote was called for by Russia because it was unhappy because the text was too geared towards human rights. So you can see here the incredible tension that human rights considerations of uh, drug policy kind of create uh, in the, in the, at the UN level. So with the adoption of the resolution by vote, though, for the first time, the text included unprecedented language on racial discriminations and on the rights of indigenous peoples. And it also very importantly avoided the harmful trade-offs in the negotiations. For example, agreeing to include human rights language, but only if the text reflected harmful language related to a society free of drug abuse. This is a very common practice in Vienna that we have seen over the years and that we have seen at the CND in particular this year around the resolution on alternative development, which does include good language on the rights of indigenous people and the environment, but it also includes the goal of achieving a society free of drug abuse. So this really shows how the self-imposed consensus approach in Vienna has really hampered the adoption of a stronger and more ambitious guidance on human rights-based drug policies. So it's in this context that the midterm review is going to take place in March 2024. And this is why, as civil society, we just cannot afford to let the midterm review be another rubber stamping of more of the same. We need to make sure that at the high-level segment, this is an opportunity for member states to stop what they're doing, to understand what impacts their drug policies have had on millions of people around the world, and to initiate a frank and honest conversation about what needs to change. That was Marie Najir, Head of Research and Communications with the International Drug Policy Consortium. We'll hear more in a moment. You're listening to Free Culture Radio. I'm your host, Doug McVeigh. Welcome back. Let's hear more now from that October 12th webinar hosted by the International Drug Policy Consortium. Roberto Casadilla is the ambassador of Bolivia in the Kingdom of the Netherlands. I was um, very um, interesting, interested to see that the, the IDCP uh, paper, uh, uh, 2024 midterm review, paving uh, the way towards transformative drug policies grounded in reality was uh, really a, a good title for this um, uh, meeting of today. Paving the way towards the transformative drug policies against punitive paradigm grounded in science more truthful in terms of health reality, international human rights is precisely what the plurinational state of Bolivia is doing actively in the opportunity 
towards the 2024 midterm review. And 60 years after the signing of the 61 Convention on Narcotics. In this context, Bolivia managed to reconcile, as you know, the, its domestic legal coca legislation with its treaty obligations when it withdrew from the single convention in 2011 and subsequently re-adhered with a reservation on the coca leaf. This was a first uh, step that Bolivia undertook. Um, you have to remember that Bolivia, uh, before this uh, undertaking, proposed the international co community to, to uh, reform uh, Article 49 of the convention, but we faced um, an opposition of the so-called uh, friends of the convention. That's why Bolivia had to withdraw from the from the convention and uh, made uh, this first step ten years ago. But uh, we are pursuing our um, drug policy, and recently, as you uh, of some of you know, on the third of June two thousand and twenty three. The plurinational state of Bolivia has notified and requested to activate the process of a critical review of the classification of coca leaf as a narcotic drug in the schedule in accordance with Article 3 of the United Nations Single Convention on Drugs 1961. Uh, in accordance with art this Article 3 of the convention, any member state may notify the Secretary General of the United Nations, providing the data of which the notification is based. Subsequently, the World Health Organization Expert Committee on Drug Dependency prepares a critical review document containing scientific information and pharmacological properties, toxicology, abuse, harmful effects, the magnitude of a public health problem, medical use, therapeutic applications, and um, how it is easy to transform it into the uh, other control substances. Based on that report, the Committee of Export, uh, Experts evaluates whether the current classification of the coca leaf should be maintained or it may recommend its removal from the convention or, it, or a, a transfer to another schedule. Subsequently, the Commission on Narcotic Drugs decides by, by, by vote, simply majority, whether or not to approve the World Health Organization recommendation, a decision that can be reconsidered by the Economic and Social Council, ECOSOC. And certainly we estimate that this whole process will take a minimum a period of one and a half years, two years at least, before we have this uh, final um, conclusion. So there will be no uh, recommendations still uh, the next CND in Vienna in this regard. There is no expectation that uh, the outcome is, is coming in March. We are requesting that the technical scientific body of the World Health Organization and its expert committee on drug dependence reassess the aim 
of correcting this historical gap in the control regime for drugs and their derivatives. To the end, to this end, we have presented a dossier at the same time with the letter of our president, Luis Arce Catacora, with the objectives of uh, allegations and substantiation for the up, uh, overcoming of the aspect of the inconsistencies linked to the typification and classification of coca leaf in the context of the international legal framework. It is important to clarify that initiating this critical review of the coca leaf intends to rectify this colonial and historical abuse, reassessing the plant's properties in the light of the latest scientific evidence and improving the consistency of the treaty system with respect to the control of plant material, precursors, preparation, and ex extracted alkaloids. The provision of all species of the genus Erexitrom has a gross mistake in the drafting of the convention, since many of these plants are used medicinally and contain cocaine and no and doesn't contain cocaine sorry the uh, world health organization expert committee should reevaluate and rectify its ori original biased position and express a clear and updated opinion in the light of science evidence and procedures on its medical and nutritional properties and health benefits similarly it should evaluate the improbable negative effects and addictive properties of the coca leaf and the consistent application of the human, human rights obligations of our indigenous peoples with special consideration of, the, of their cultural rights, use of traditional medicine and, uh, and identity guaranteed by the existing international legislation. The importance of fully respecting indigenous rights in this case of drug policies, as well as in other domains, has been understood by the Permanent Forum on Indigenous Issues and has been reaffirmed re recent resolutions adopted uh, by the General Assembly uh, and the Human Rights Council uh, more recently. These include the rights of Indigenous peoples to participate in decision-making in matters that would affect their cultural integrity, in that context, the World Health Organization should consider ways of including their perspective in the critical review process. This is something that we are also asking in the letter which was sent to the General Secretary. For example, inviting indigenous peoples to participate in the reviews uh, process and information collection, collection of information phase, uh, and uh, soliciting the advice of the Permanent Forum and the um, uh, Office of the Human uh, 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 Rights uh, Commission by inviting representatives of indigenous peoples to participate in this um, ACCD meeting that, where COCA uh, will be discussed. The original, it's, it, it's important to, to, to make a, a short um, view on the past because the original G20 
justification for the inclusion of coca leaf as a narcotic drug in schedule uh, of uh, schedule one of the 61 convention was based uh, on its perceived dependence producing properties and ill effects and the characterization of coca chewing as a form of cocaineism, not because cocaine is really extractable from the leaf. The human organism absorbs cocaine through coca chewing concentration in the blood remains so low that the effect is significantly reduced and produce none of the alteration observed using the refined black uh, white drug. The studies uh, which um, were based the, the, this justification of the inclusion of coca leaf uh, 1961 uh, convention failed to consider basic pharmacological differences between the root and the rate of absorption of coca alkaloids and its refined and leaf form. The opinion expressed in 1992 changing the original justification uh, conflates the concept of convertibility and extraction, and it is inconsistent with how other plants and raw materials are dealt with the single convention and across the drug control treaty system. If a review of the evidence of the effects of coca leaf in its natural form and on human health led to the conclusion that the original basis for its current classification cannot be longer sustained, it will be very difficult to argue that it is still appropriate schedule on the basis of its convertibility or ease of extraction. Revising the classification of the coca leaf as a narcotic drug would resolve long-standing legal inconsistencies and contradictions and criminalization of indigenous cultural and traditional medicine practice and allow the international community to benefit from using the coca leaf in its natural form. Provision to control the cultivation of coca and the use of coca leaves for the illicit production of cocaine would remain in force as those are embedded in the specific articles of the 61 and 88 conventions. So the expert committee on drug dependency, therefore, needs to reassess its original judgmental and unscientific position and express a clear updated opinion based on the available scientific evidence about the alleged ill effects and addiction producing properties of the coca leaves as well as its medicinal properties and beneficial health impacts. Subsequently, the committee also needs to reassess the conclusion it reached in 1992, simply restating the fact that cocaine can be extracted from the leaf does not provide a legitimate justification for keeping it in Schedule 1. The committee will have to argue how this relates to the convertibility criteria, taking into account the assessment of the expert committee, committee on drug dependency that has made with regard to other raw plant materials that can be used for the extract, extraction of controlled alkaloids. In that context, the World Health Organization should consider ways of including their perspective in the per critical review process, for example, by um, 
as I said before, inviting also uh, users and indigenous peoples to participate in this uh, process. Uh, the intention of Bolivia is not to lessen international control of the cultivation of coca and the use of coca leaves for the illicit production of, of, of cocaine. Those control provisions are in, uh, will stay in the 61 and 88 conventions and will remain in force when the coca leaf is no longer classified as a narcotic drug itself and is deleted from uh, the schedules. Um, this is basically uh, what I have to say uh, today. We would like also um, to share with you um, the letter of our president, uh, also the dossier that has been presented by Bolivia to the General Secretary of the United Nations, uh, that you can go a little bit um, um, more deeply into the details of our um, uh, basic uh, allegations that we are providing uh, for this uh, critical review. Uh, we believe that um, there, there will be a challenge, of course, of these uh, different um, uh, friends of the convention and the fundamentalist positions that we have been seeing in the different CND um, sessions lately. And certainly, uh, this is uh, something uh, that we have to take into account, challenges that will come. So the, the political phase will come a little bit later, but I think we have to prepare all this uh, time in order to, uh, to uh, make a follow-up on, on the developments uh, of the World Health Organization. And certainly it will be very useful also that all the civil society is uh, uh, with us um, following up this uh, important process that it is. it will be a reference uh, also to uh, change uh, these uh, drug policies that are based on Punitive uh, on the punitive paradigm. Uh, so we we would like to invite you all to to follow up. Um, we don't know if uh, during the next CND we are going to perhaps do a side event, and this is something that we are still discussing. And perhaps it's, it it would be very useful. But in any case, I would like also to to thank you for, for, for your attention. And uh, shortly we will share also these uh, documents that you can um, study it, or perhaps you can make other contributions that can be uh, canalized uh, to the expert committee. That was Roberto Casadilla, ambassador of Bolivia in the Kingdom of the Netherlands. He was speaking at an event hosted October 12th by the International Drug Policy Consortium in preparation for the UN Commission on Narcotic Drugs 2024 midterm review, which will be held March 14th and 15th, 2024 in Vienna, Austria. Now, that meeting will be live streamed via the UN's primary public affairs outlet, which is at media.un.org. There will probably be some good side events as well. With luck, most or all of those will be live streamed. Keep tuning in. We'll be bringing you highlights. For now, that's it. 
You've been listening to Free Culture Radio. I've been your host, Doug McVeigh. Many thanks to everyone out there fighting for civil rights, human rights, and social justice. And thanks especially to you, dear listener, for your support. You make it all worth it. And you make it all possible. Free Culture Radio is a volunteer production for Community Radio, syndicated via the Pacifica Foundation Radio Network's Audioport Service. Please, support your local community radio station. Become a member. Become a volunteer. Free Culture Radio is available as a podcast or direct download. Links are at the website kboo.fm slash freeculture. Theme music for Free Culture Radio is composed and performed by Tom Nickel and Four Dimensional Nightmare and is used with permission of the artist. We'll be back in a month to continue our examination of drugs, drug cultures, and the influence of drugs on society. Thanks again for listening. This is Doug McVeigh saying so long. So long. So long.